0: Oh 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 god, y'all! I can do this. Oh no, I think okay. I can do this. Can you? I think I can do this.
1: All right. What are you? What what? What are you eating?
0: Okay, so one of my favorite rocket. Like I like it theoretically, the idea of our garbage food segments because yeah. they're fun. But mm-hmm. then this moment comes up, and I have to do it. So. I saw somebody talking on Twitter about how awful the new version of Pringles are, which are Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich Pringles. <laughs> so, oh, no. Oh, no. So I bought these and I just uh, I thought we'd start today's show with some fun because we got some serious stuff to talk about. So um, yeah, fun. fun for me yeah. and Christina,
1: right? right. <laughs> I mean, thank you for not making me buy these because... I yeah. yeah. I mean I, did, I I did the I did the candy corn and I was yeah. happy to do that. But <laughs> and it was a terrible day. It was a
2: terrible day. Brianna, and... this is what I appreciate about you is that you will always take the initiative
1: and get out there and buy something truly horrendous (laughs) i know i really do love this about you and i'm really sorry that you don't have the loaded baked potato pringles because those are actually good
0: that would be good um why don't like they've got the opportunity here for the for the popeye's chicken sandwich pringles they missed. Ooh, see
1: okay i'm not even joking i'm in yeah i would try it for sure okay let's see how bad this is yeah lunch on that
0: Oh my God, they're all crushed. It's like oh they no. don't even want to live. Oh no! How did this
1: happen? <laughs> Delish list them number five out of all the Pringles flavors. So maybe they're not really? terrible.
0: Okay, let's give it a go. It smells like dog food.
1: <laughs> it
0: smells like
2: dog food is such a description.
0: Ugh! Oh! Oh, that's trash! Oh! <laughs>
2: What is, is it actually spicy, I guess, is my question. It's like
0: the pepper breading on it. Oh. But like it's been in your, you know, that peppery oh, flavor the chicken, to yeah. the chicken?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the review I'm reading says that they taste like the spicy chicken nuggets.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's enough of that. Are going to oh. feed them to your dogs now? I'm going to feed them to Frank. Ah, (laughs) Frank might like
1: them. Uh, Simone sounded kind of intrigued. Simone was kind of like, huh. I can eat the chicken nugget flavored chips. Honestly, because they
2: have, you know, like chicken or shrimp flavored chips a lot uh, at H Mart when I go there. And I've had like chicken flavored chips before and I've liked them. But sometimes they can be a bit much. Like sometimes it can can come on a bit strong and make you go, oh, no, this oh. is
1: too much.
0: I've got that nasty aftertaste in my mouth of that Aww. like too processed flavor. Do you know what I mean? You've got I like a fine salt
1: coating. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry about uh. that. Thank you for taking one for the team. Yes. Yes. I will say, I will say, and I, I'm completely being legitimate here, and we all know that I'm the biggest food baby on this podcast, maybe in all of podcasting, but ketchup-flavored potato chips hmm. are the best.
0: They're legit. Totally. Every time I go to Canada, gotta get. I was some. gonna
1: say they're completely a Canadian thing, and but you can find them sometimes at like specialty places. Potato, uh, ketchup flavored potato chips, fantastic. I would try it.
2: Well, thank you, Brianna, for taking one for the team. Hello, and welcome to Rocket accelerated geek conversation this episode is brought to you by text expander from smile and fast mail i'm simone de rochefort video producer at polygon.com and i'm here today with brianna Wu, executive director of rebellion pack and christina warren senior cloud advocate at microsoft uh i guess we know how we're doing today because we just
1: heard (laughs) (laughs) some audio but christina how are you today (laughs) I'm good. I'm hot. It is, uh, it is mm. once again very warm in Seattle and like the point where they're doing like heat warnings. It's not going to be yeah. like where I have to go to a hotel because if it's a high of 94 degrees and it's only going to be that for a couple of hours, excuse me, fine. I can deal with that. It's not like when it's 110, like that's where I draw the line and it's all day, but it's still, yeah, it's warm. And I'm, I hate global warming because I live in a place that, frankly, just the Pacific Northwest was not, did not prepare. They did not prepare for the destruction of our planet. And so now I'm suffering. And so that's how I'm doing.
2: Mm. I should mention also that I am in, uh, we're having a thunderstorm here right now as I record. So you might hear a little bit of thunder on my end. um, And I'm sorry for that. But I I went out and I yelled at the sky and um, they clapped back at me. So can't do anything about it. (laughs) it's really cool though i wish i were outside in it uh well enough about (laughs) the heat death of our planet let's talk about the death of tech security i guess (laughs) oh dear okay so uh this is going to be a pretty serious topic uh we are going to be discussing uh, not child sexual abuse necessarily but technological safeguards to prevent its spread um, and how we feel about the implementation of those. So just know that going in. Apple is building tools that are intended to prevent the spread of child sexual abuse materials and text messages and on iCloud, according to a post on the Apple website Uh, So end-to-end encryption, as we all know, has long been one of the main selling points of the iPhone, but now Apple is adding machine learning tools to the software itself that will, among other things, scan photos uh, that you are uploading to iCloud and compare them against a hashed database of child sexual abuse images um, before those photos are backed up to the iCloud, and it will also scan messages sent to and from minors who um, are, like, on a family account, and have this feature turned on to ensure that they're not being sent
1: inappropriate messages or images. And and, and I want to clarify real quickly: these are two different technologies and two different mm-hmm. things. So the way that the um, the the the, the CSAM, um, uh, hash stuff works is using an algorithm that's I guess built into like the secure enclave or whatever that's going to compare a hash um from you know those images against like a database that that um uh, Mech, which is the the national center for national i, I don't know it's whatever the, the the government agency is for for um uh, child abuse stuff National Center um, for Missing and Exploited Children thank you um, so it, it'll be comparing the hash on that, but' it's, it's using it's just comparing the, the hashes, whereas what the iMessage stuff does, which is a completely different feature, that's for any sort of uh, I guess like nude stuff or, or what they would consider explicit images, and that's using just regular machine learning. Um, uh, it's also taking place on device, but, it, but that presumably could even be you know uh, cloud enabled. I don't even know, but, but that's I, I just want to clarify that they're two different things and they're using two different technologies. Hmm. Uh, so there has been a lot of,
2: of conversation around this this week, uh, because obviously this comes after years of Apple resisting putting any kind of backdoor into into its devices to prevent uh, iMessages from from being being seen by anybody except the users uh, with end-to-end encryption. Um Apple is saying that this is, this is a system that would never be expanded to uh like by governments to use it to scan for other things. Obviously there is concern about that. Uh, organizations like the EFF say that it is naive to think that because other other machine learning tools that have originated in the desire to protect children have in this world been co-opted into scanning for anti-government sentiment um, or LGBT content for example in countries where that is illegal so a lot of people uh, for a lot of people against
1: how do you two feel (laughs) you want to go first
0: I think we're on the same page about this so go just say it for both of us
1: (laughs) yeah no we're against this Um, uh, obviously it goes without saying and honestly me off. I'm going to start with this. It me off that I have to have this disclaimer. I'm angry at the way that this conversation has been, in my opinion, weaponized and has been mm-hmm. politicized. That I have to actually say I'm against child sexual abuse imagery. I'm against, uh, you know, any any child abuse. I'm against the spread of these images. I'm ex- I'm against these images existing. I hate that I have to say that. The fact that I have to say that is, and you're going to have to bleep me here, but I'm sorry. It's it's extremely and it's incredibly disingenuous to me and the fact that it's been politicized and that everyone who dares want to talk about the very real and very valid concerns that we have about how these so-called like safeguard measures could A, whether or not they're actually going to be beneficial, which is a separate conversation, but B, like what this could mean for other privacies and other civil liberties and how it might be co-opted by like more fascist and dictatorship governments. The fact that we have to make this clarification simply to express the fact that we're uncomfortable with some of with, with the way that this is being um, appropriated. Um, simply because the messaging is that if you're against this, you're you're against child safety, and that is a that is a dichotomy that is unfair and doesn't exist. And I, I frankly, uh, like, I am angry that I have to state that outright
0: hundred percent. I feel exactly the same way. Um, like we've just been, it's really frustrating. I think all of us here on this, this show, like we've certainly spoken out a lot against, you know, sexual, sexual, sexual abuse is a wider issue in our society. We're obviously a thousand percent against children being exploited at the same time, just to walk you through some of these features. Um, Cause I want to talk about it from a technical point of view. They implemented this, and they implemented a bad idea as well on the iCloud side as I think Mm -hmm. it could be implemented. So just to kind of walk listeners through it, um, you, you... they will use this National Center for uh, Exploiting and Abuse Children. They have a database of child pornography. Uh, they've created basically a digital fingerprint of it. Uh, it's a basically a digital hash. And then they will compare your iCloud photos as you upload them against this database. Your photos themselves won't be uploaded. What will happen is a cryptographic hash, uh, basically a digital fingerprint, will be cre- uh, created. And it's uh, it's. It's adaptive enough that even if it's a little bit modified, you know what I mean, a little bit bigger or, you know, the tone shifted slightly, it, it according to Apple, it is adaptive enough that it can still detect this within, um, you know, a close enough um, uh, boundary to make it work. So Apple's not getting access to your pictures. They are comparing it against this database. According to Apple, there's a one in one trillion chance that it's going to give a false positive, which I have to say, given the number of people with iPhones out there just in the United States and the size of the average photo library, even if that's true, that's a lot of false positives when you're talking about getting the police involved with this. So um, I, I, the thing that really gives me pause here is we saw this with uh, San Bernardino and the FBI trying to basically uh, get access to the iPhone and forcing Apple to put the back door. That legal effort did not stop there. If you follow the news, the FBI and other agencies have continued to hound Apple on this. Once it starts, and they start putting back doors into things, that doesn't just stop. So I'm less concerned about this system, and I'm more concerned about the precedent for what yeah. it's going to mean five years down the line.
1: No, absolutely. The EFF, um, who who had a great blog, I think, about this, they came out very against this, and they came out against both of the, the, the methods. I think the one that everybody can kind of agree is fairly innocuous is the one where there's a Siri command where you can you know, ask if you need help, and it'll give you a place to go for help. That's fine. I have no issue with that. But the way that this, um, uh, you know, well, let's talk about the 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 NickMeC uh, database stuff first. The mm-hmm. the the stuff that's the pre scanning. You know, the way that this works is. You know, some people have been under the mistaken idea that you know they'll have this database on your phone. That's not how that works. They have something they're comparing against, but they're doing this client side, meaning they're doing it on your phone, and they're claiming, oh, well, this is better because mm-hmm. we're just going to be scanning stuff just in case you're you're then going to upload it um, to uh, to iCloud because uh, we don't have time to get into all this. But um, although like iMessage and 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 you know stuff stored in iCloud, much of it is encrypted. It's not end-to-end encrypted in backups, and iPhoto storage has never actually been encrypted. And in fact, shared albums and things like that exist. And, and as far as my knowledge, um, Apple has actually scanned their email for quite some time—you know, photos and emails—against uh, this sort of database, as do uh, Microsoft and Google and um, and other uh, big, you know, mail providers and whatnot. So, for me, though, the thing is, in the EFF, I thought I think did a really good job about this. Is that okay? So you have this hash that you're comparing against this specific database. What happens when this database is then co-opted and used to create a different database, one for, say, terrorist images, uh, which has actually already been done. The EFF links to it. Um, and what is a terrorist image, you say? Well, that's a really good question because that's certainly not as cut and dry as uh, as CSAM stuff. Like That's certainly a very different sort of thing. It's also, uh, I want to make it clear, they're not like scanning, they can't tell you if your photo is, you know, this explicit material or not. It can just say, does it contain enough pieces of the hash of an existing photo in this database? So it can't recognize net new things, uh, which I Mm -hmm. think is a fair thing to then kind of question, okay, well, what is this stopping, right? Like, what is this kind of doing? It's going against stuff that they are going to have to continually add to this database. But what if, you know, there's another database that comes out and the government says, yeah, we we really want you to have this this, anti-terrorist database. And as a requirement to sell your phones in our country, we're going to need you to scan for that. What if you're China and you say, well, we consider terroristic content anything that is, you know, um, image of of our uh, president. Um, looking like Winnie the Pooh or any sort of Winnie the Pooh object or, you know, um, like free Hong Kong uh, uh, imagery. We we consider that to be terroristic, which is not a stretch because we've seen and we talked about a few weeks ago about how Hong Kong has been enforcing these anti-speech guidelines and and these Mm -hmm. very kind of pro-law enforcement things uh, under the guise of, oh, we're we're against, you know, stalking and and harassment, but it's really not. Uh, The same thing about India, who is actively, you know, like, bringing uh, it on Twitter and other places being like, if you don't remove this content that we consider objectionable, then we we will you know arrest you. We will go that far as to as to arrest your employees as as being you know victims of this. So what if it goes into that sort of thing? and I think that is is the kind of the slippery slope that Bree brings up and we even especially in the case of the United States, the way that the the NSA and some of those things work, we wouldn't even necessarily be aware if they were asked to implement these sorts of, you know, guards, let's say an anti-terrorism, um, a database, we wouldn't even necessarily be aware of that. Like they wouldn't even necessarily have the ability to disclose that to the public, as we saw a number of months ago, when it turned out that, um, a number of, uh, you know, administration officials, um, emails, um, and, and, iCloud stuff had been requested, um, by, uh, by the government and, and it had to be turned over and that Apple, and, and Microsoft and some others had to turn stuff over, and that they weren't aware of of the nature of what they were having to do, and they weren't allowed to even share with the the people whose information they had to turn over that they had to do that until months later. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things here where I think even if you're not like a a tinfoil hat person, you're a pretty trusting person where you can say this could be exploited for for bad um, simply by existing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, a hundred percent,
0: and I just just to add on to that because you're you're so right about that, Christina, and bring it back to your Winnie the Pooh example. You know we. A, Apple has made all kinds of concessions in China for their kind of surveillance state tendencies just yep. to get more market share. So let's just be clear about that. 100%. So it may work. It, we may be protected here in the United States. I have no confidence. I I, I feel very confident, actually, we'll be used to abuse people outside of the United States. And you know, secondly... We know from e- Edward Snowden and the things he brought to light about how the NSA operates. Once they figure out these back doors, like things like with the with the database, like you're talking about, Christina, once they figure out ways around this, we look i'm I'm patriotic, y'all. i i I, I am all in on national security. but, we spy on other countries, which is complete mm-hmm. abandon using our tech companies. And we barely have a conversation here in the United States about surveilling Americans. We sure don't have one about surveilling the rest of the world. So I really, I, this is the part of the two components. There's an iMessage and an iPhoto component. This is the one I'm more okay with and I'm still terrified of what happens next, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You you're saying you're more okay with the iMessage part than the photocop
0: Oh god. No, no. The iMessage oh. is what I'm 1000% against and Oh, yeah, I, I because want to talk the about encryption. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So actually uh, I I'll, I'll just talk about this briefly. The second system that Apple's put up, it's one of these things that sounds good in theory until you really start thinking about it. So if um you define your family uh, through iCloud, and you can add like your 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 children to it. And a lot of parents use this to like age check uh, games that are downloaded by their children. Reasonable stuff there. What Apple is doing is they're using the ML that's built into recent iPhones. There's an ML component on the 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 the, the chip inside of it, and they're going to basically scan for nudity with iMessages. So let's say uh, I'm texting Frank and he's 13 years old in iCloud for some reason. <laughs> and I send him a nude picture, okay? uh he would get the message on his phone and it would say hey this looks like it may contain something you know sensitive do you want to click on it if you do we're going to tell your parents and then if he does click on that then it would alert i guess me in this case you know it it sounds like a good feature right huh. you worry about somebody uh sexting your child out of nowhere them seeing this I am so terrified for queer kids. Yep. And what is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Um, there are already cases out there of parents finding homoerotic imagery on their parent on their children's phone, and basically murdering them. Like this is this is the real world we live in. So there are two things here. A, you can add new people to the account to get the age lower and like create a permanent surveillance state for anyone, your Oof. wife, your children, stuff like that. And I can tell you being married to Frank, he does not read those dialogue boxes. And a lot of people don't. He just sees something and clicks on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do. This feature is 1000% going to get queer kids outed and it's going to get them killed i feel so strongly
1: yeah i mean i'm not going to go as far as to say it'll get them killed although i i mean i agree with with the sentiment i just i'm not going to be willing to say that uh because we don't know but i agree it's absolutely going to get them outed and some people are going to say oh well they're 12 years old you know they're they shouldn't be sending this stuff yeah you know what and again you're gonna (laughs) believe me here no uh they're 12 years old this is what happens um I'll tell you what I would do, and and also think about the trolling implications here too, because I'm uh. a little, I I I'm I'm a little jack, and if I were 13 years old, my birthday is in November, so I was a little bit older than some of my other classmates. So I guarantee you what I would do the day I turned 13, and all of a sudden my thing isn't on, but my friends on iMessage, oh their parents have opted into this stuff. Guess who's getting tons and tons of Shrek porn? Guess who's mm-hmm. getting tons and tons of other like explicit content? Why? Because it's funny. And in my mind, yeah, my mom is going to yell at me and she's going to like give me, put me on TV restriction and not let me watch Morrow's Place or or, or whatever. But, but she's going to, you know, um, Mm -hmm. do it because it was like a a jerkish thing to do. But I'm not actually in danger. And, and hopefully my friends aren't in danger either. Right. But I'm going to do this because it's funny. I'm sure that, that my immaturity at that age is not completely in, is not different than, I'm sure this generation is, is no less um, like, terrible than I was. (laughs) So if people don't think that this is going to be used as a way to troll one another, you don't know kids. Like you've seriously never been a child if you don't know that people will use this to get back at one another. And to your point too, Brie, although you can't change like your age in an iCloud thing, like I think after the account's been created, like I don't think you can go back and make it younger or something like that. You could create a new account to make someone younger and force them to use it there have already been instances, and in fact, this was something that it took a while to get removed from the app store, but there was an app in, in Saudi Arabia that would essentially track. It was, you know, it's something that, that men in the family would install on their wife and their and their female children's phones that could track them at all times and, and keep tabs of them. And there have been stories about people who, like this app was eventually removed from the app store because it would show their location, it would show everything else, it would control everything, it would send all their information to Account owner in this case, you know, the man of the family. And there were women, um, you know, including like 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 you know, children who like had to escape, you know, the family by stealing and finding a way to hack into the phone to disable this feature so that they could get to the airport and get out of the country so that they could escape these violent situations. If you don't think that people will Get around these age restrictions by just creating a new account for someone, you know, their spouse or someone else, and put them in their family and require them to use that. Again, like you're not thinking about how terrible the world is. Um, also, I- I'm sorry. Am I alone here? Why does Apple need to be in the nanny state business? Yeah, like, that's like, honestly it. that's
2: a really good question. And what I one one of the things that I really don't like about this one is that, uh, and again with the the caveat that. Obviously, we're not out here sending n- nude photographs to minors, but the person, a person who does not have this turned on will not be notified if the person they're texting does. Right. So you could be texting with someone and then have your messages be being, like, set aside and shown to that right. person's guardian, um, and- Obviously, the situation that Apple is trying to prevent here is a terrible one and that I'm extremely against and it's horrible and it, no doubt, does happen all the time. But it is a situation. They're opting people into this security system without their knowledge, Um, and I just don't like that.
0: A 100%. And, you know, this is... This may be a controversial statement. I don't think it's necessarily healthy to have parents policing everything that a child is thinking or feeling or looking at as they are, you know, understanding sexuality. I think that a certain amount of privacy there is a good thing, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember for myself, you know, I grew up in the South we didn't really have the internet in the same way. When I started figuring out that I was queer, like I would go to the library. I was terrified my parents were going to look up my library records, right? Mm. Like this is, it's just a digital surveillance state in a really scary way. And I just, I think that the case of a child, this is how I feel. I think that if you were to implement this, My my guess would be the end of children, the population of children, the cohort of children they're going to be saved from child sexual predators, is going to be much much smaller than the number of children that are going to grow up developmentally damaged because their their parents created like a police state around sexuality, shaming them. I just I think that this is going to harm a lot more than it's going to help, but it's going to feel good to some people.
1: Yeah, I'm. But and I'm going to go back to to my initial thing. Is like I don't know what Apple needs to be in this business. They're not going to be driving revenue from this. Um, This is just going to be an add-on feature. This is something that, like, honestly, let Disney, like, they make a service. I think it's called Circle or something. Like, let them do it. Right. Let let these other things do it. If you want other. Other services exist that do this sort of thing that have heavier parental controls than what Apple can offer, and and some of them are built on Apple's APIs, and some of them maybe can't be as deep as as what screen time is and other stuff. But they but they can do certain things. Like let let those things exist. Why I don't understand why Apple needs to be the one to take this position. I don't I don't get what the benefit is for them other than to once again be you know patriarchal and and you know like puritanical. It's like this is this can. Apple's continuing like war on porn like like part like 1050 except this time as you've said I think there could be negative consequences I also want to point out, point out though getting away from like the you know the potentially like outing queer kids and 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 some of the you know the trolling attempts and some of the other things and maybe people weaponizing this uh, you know to to take control of, of, of a spouse or someone else um the fact that this is happening again like Apple is claiming oh well we're not breaking end-to-end encryption because the messages that are sent are still going to be secured. We're just, you know, after something comes in, we're just able to kind of, you know, take this and and, and identify it and whatnot. A, I think that's that's kind of a a, a ruse. I do feel like, I, feel, I agree with the EFF that I do feel like this does kind of make some of the end-to-end encrypted stuff um, a little bit false, even if it's technically true. But the other thing is, you know, we talked about those databases and how those things could be used. Um, from the the um, hashing perspective of a photos going to iCloud, well, let's think about this. Okay, let's say that the Indian government doesn't actually want to create a database of uh, of stuff, you know, um, uh, for for anti-government images or, or for other stuff that that they uh, find problematic and they want to arrest people for. Let's just say that they want it to be identifying images or or other things that are being sent that that, that again they think identified as false. What's to stop them from wanting to implement? a similar ai layer or or forcing apple to, to use some of their ml stuff to recognize those types of photographs or what's to stop the chinese government from saying hey the only way that we will allow you to continue to sell iPhones in china is if because the the icloud servers in china are already located in in uh, on, you know in china and are, and have control um you know of them by by the chinese government is if we can scan images the, the same way that you clearly can for nudity. We can scan it for for anti-CCP um, uh, content. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't even seem like a stretch to me. And- It and doesn't. And yeah, is this. if the keys are there, then
2: why don't we use them? And right. so far right. the keys have not been there.
1: Right. And, and it's one of those things where, again, like Apple can say all they want. Well, you know, if we're asked to do that, we'll do the same thing we say every time. We'll say no. Well, that's great. And I'm really glad and I really hope that you can hold up to that. But excuse me for not having faith that that you're going to go to the go to the mat on that one. Because I wish that I could say that if it came down to selling phones in China or implementing this feature that's just gonna be a Chinese feature, that I that I could say that Apple mm-hmm. would definitively do that. But um, I don't have that that confidence, yeah. and 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 I and I don't think that's an unfair thing for me to not have a confidence, and that's not a slight on Apple. I think most companies would probably operate the same way. I will say most other companies have also not sold themselves literally in marketing campaigns as being about privacy, and haven't like campaigned heavily and and like so, like really really benefited from the uplift and goodwill from a lot of us, including myself, who've carried a lot of water for them over the years because of their commitment to privacy. Well, you know, I kind of feel like a jack now.
0: Like I don't know. Frustrating. Yeah, well, 100%. I think you're dead. I I I I agree with you on every word you're saying today. It, it's just it it can we just uh, the meta issue here is I I can't help but feel a little betrayed by Apple. Do you know what I mean? Like I've got yeah. I'm all in on this ecosystem. You know, I think here on Rocket, we are we're fair. Like we certainly cover Microsoft and Google more than I think a lot of shows on the network do, but we're, we're fair to Apple. We, we root for them to, to win. We're
1: fangirls. We're fans. right?
0: Of course we are. And it's like, it just, this is dismantling the thing that I, that keeps me invested in the Apple ecosystem the most for a, a mission objective that I, kind of feel is fundamentally immoral, the iMessage side of it. And I just I I I'm just so disappointed if that makes sense.
2: This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so that you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entries, spelling errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste and better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, on any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity. Christina, do you have an example of
1: how Text Expander has boosted your productivity? God, there's so many. Um, I have I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I have like a certain um descriptors that I'll do for some of the YouTube videos that I create. And it's always like the same kind of like, you know, copy and paste kind of spiel where this is what I want to insert and I have a a a link set up here and it's formatted a certain way for one of our systems that that has, you know, like referral links and things like that and, and it's spaced the right way. And rather than having to have that snippet stored somewhere and then pull it up every time I need to put it into a video, I just have to type in a couple of characters and it's there and it's perfect. And that is massively helpful. And I do that dozens of times a week and I do it for dozens of different things. Like there's just things like once I've kind of come up with the idea of like, okay, is there a way I can, I can automate this or, or have a snippet for this or something else? I use it. And I've, I've been using text expander uh, God for for well over a decade and I've used it I think at every professional job I've ever had for, for various things, because I have like a work folder and text expander that, you know, has gone through many different jobs. Um, <laughs> oh. and, and it still has some of the old snippets and things there. But it's just because it's so convenient to just automatically insert stuff that you type repeatedly. And in some cases, even invoking scripts and, and other things that um, that you might want to do. But yeah, uh, that that's just one example for me is just having that content that's formatted and, and set out a certain way that you don't want to have to like look up every time or find a way to copy paste. It's, it's all there. And um, it, it can be inserted like correctly every time. Well done, Christina. If you too would like
2: to be as efficient as Christina, as a listener <laughs> of Rocket, you can get 20% off your first year. Visit Textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Textexpander and get 20% off. That's Textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Textexpander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: Well for our second topic today we're going to be talking about iPhone rumors. Being the shows that we are, we're still going to buy the next damn iPhone. See, this is the problem. So, new
2: iPhone rumors from Bloomberg.
1: I'm sorry for like the complete tonal shift. Um
2: listen. We're human beings are complicated iPhone rumors from Bloomberg say that the this year's iPhones will retain the dimensions and designs of the previous years, but we could be getting some fancy new video features, uh, including a video version of the iPhone's portrait mode, uh, which I believe Samsung phones already have, but it's coming to the iPhone now, as well as the ability to record in ProRes, which is the enormous... But beautiful Massive. format that many video producers use, as well as a new filter like system uh, that's not filters in the same way that we know them as Instagram filters, but like more uh, granular, such that that can sort of change the mood, uh, the look and color of a photo by, for example, boosting the shadows only or creating a more vibrant color palette. Uh, these phones will also reportedly have the faster A15 chip and a smaller notch on the front of the phone, and, and potentially uh, a faster refresh rate for smoother scrolling online, which is ninety percent of what we do with these little machines. So this comes at a time when I literally, on this day, sat down with my financial advisor and said, "Alex." What if I don't buy a new iPhone this year? <laughs> I've just finished paying off my iPhone 11. Mm-hmm. What if I decide to be strong and not purchase an iPhone this year? I'm going to hold myself to that. And I told her, I said, I'm actually talking about the new iPhones on my podcast this very day. And my co-hosts are going to try to convince me what to change my word. No.
1: I don't I'm, no? not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily there for you. I don't know. I think we'll have to see what the features are. <laughs> If the okay. ProRes stuff comes, and if like the if, if the portrait mode comes to all the cameras, okay, maybe because because you're on a, you're on an iPhone 11 now, right? You're not on the Pro. You suspect this will be a Pro only update. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. If it were, that across, would
2: make sense given the I guess the uh, intensity of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it, if it's across the board, we'll have to see. Just because I know how much video stuff you do, and I could see it being useful especially in a work from home scenario, or if you're on the go, like there, are, there are arguments that I think that you could make to say that this would be potentially a good upgrade in that, in that scenario. But I if it's- think, and not to argue
2: back against arguments no, that you fine. haven't even made yet. However, <laughs> I think given that I make videos for YouTube, it's, I like it. I like the potential of it. However, at the end of the day, they are going to be videos on YouTube and they're going to be seen on a bajillion different devices. They're going to be compressed. It's going to be, no matter what I do, it's going to be diluted. And I think for me, although having ProRes video would be beautiful, the scenarios, the, the number of times I've needed to shoot stuff with the iPhone is so low and the uh, and, and what it turns into does not necessarily have to be like in that quality. So, eh, I like it. I want it, but it's not a deal breaker,
1: right? And I can see that. Um, and and it's hard for me to know without knowing all the features, like if it would be worthwhile or not. And and if your eleven is still going strong, then I don't know. Like if if you need like after two years, usually that is a good time to upgrade. But if this seems relatively minor compared to the twelve, I don't know if you need to. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like for me. This is the first time, and I say this every year, and every year I'm wrong. But this is the first time where I'm kind of like, well, if this is really going to be minor, should I just keep my phone? Because I feel like I haven't even used any of the new features on the 12 Pro Max. Mm. To be honest,
0: mm-hmm. I, I I've used the 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 video capability all the time. Like it was really, really good this year. And the yeah, ability it was. to I shoot, just, yeah, I just don't ahead. know if
1: it was any better than than like the 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 um, 11 Pro Max. I, I just I just honestly can't remember. It's yeah, just one of those fair. things. That, like, that's so, fair. So, so that's kind of what I'm going for. Where I'm like, okay, last year I bought this new phone. and I did like the the new design, the chamfered edges and whatnot. Um, but especially, you know, since we're not sure, like, hopefully we won't all be stuck at home anymore and whatnot. <laughs> but like, you know, that's a whole question. <laughs> just, it, it, it opens up things where it's like, well, okay, how different is this going to be? Like, usually... If it were a higher refresh screen, if there, if I could be convinced that there was gonna maybe going to be some apps or some things that would take advantage of that, I do like that idea, and I do like the idea of them finally bringing like portrait mode to video. I think that would be really great. But I don't know. I'm going to have to wait and see um, to to kind of know how I feel about it. How are you feeling, Brie? I,
0: I I have a question from about the all I I don't understand why portrait video mode is a feature. Like that seems like just rotating the pixels. What is I why are they hyping this up? This seems software based, not not hardware based. What what am I missing, Kara?
1: I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think you're right. I
1: think I think I mean it, I think it largely is software based. Although I think they use a hardware component too, as I think typically how it's done. Like they have some sort of onboard hardware thing that will work along with their software. Like Google has been really good about making theirs entirely software based so that they can even go back to older devices and add those things. Apple, it's it's been kind of a combination of the two. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe they'll be doing something with a sensor for capturing video where they'll be able to implement their algorithms or or whatever they, they build into the software to, to do it better. I'm not sure. That's a good question, though.
0: Yeah, I just feel. I mean, for my job for 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 Rebellion, there are absolutely TV ads that aired that I shot footage for for my for my iPhone. Uh, We did hyper targeted ads for the race we went into, and we're like going from place to place to place. Uh, Like we'd target a school district and like an area around a school, and then we'd say, "I grew up near Rosedale Elementary," and then we'd have a picture of it, and you know, we'd have like really nice pictures there taken with like the new iPhone and it looked beautiful. So, you know, um, I, I, I use this feature a lot with my current work and the ability to have ProRes. That's personally worth it to me to, to upload, yeah, to upgrade with it. Um, as far as, but the wider thing here, I can't, I'm sure that when Apple comes out on stage and they're like selling this to us, they'll have great reasons why we should upgrade, but how many cycles has it been where the features are slightly better screen and good camera? It's been like
1: three years. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it has. I think the last time that we all felt like, Oh my God, was the iPhone 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I feel
2: really good about where I am right now, actually, because if you will all remember, I did try to upgrade last year and realized that because I had accidentally fallen out of the upgrade program for my own neglect, um, I would have two iPhone loans. So I decided to return the new phone and just keep my new one. And it, uh, as of this month, is done being paid off, like I mentioned. And I realized this is great. Because I, I, I'm in this sort of nebulous position where I can now just keep using this thing until it dies,
1: mm-hmm. and at
2: that point I can reassess. Like, do I want to actually get into the upgrade program and keep up with it this time, or do I want to just again buy a, a new phone outright, um, and it will be an iPhone because I'm, yeah, well, I might as well swear that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> We all are Sorry, unfortunately Jim. that that's that, that's kind of the, the, the that would be the podcast title if we were allowed to swear on the titles. yeah so
2: so it's oddly freeing where you know I, I don't have to necessarily go through the same thing I went with, through last year where I was like well I gotta get ready to upgrade now I can I can just stick with this phone and if I if I feel like it is slowing down or you know if I God forbid drop it off a chairlift this winter <laughs> I hope I'm not cursing myself here then I'll be able to get a new phone. But I it's all paid off now. So, you know, I just have to do my best not to destroy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's the important thing. Now you just have to worry about not destroying it. And I think you're in a good place. Um, I actually just gave my good friend Alice and I just um, sold her my iPhone 11 Pro that I forgot to mail to Verizon, um, which meant that I had like, didn't get my, you know, $600 credit or whatever they were going to give me. I have done that
0: like 10 mm. times, Christina. It's not yeah. just you.
1: I know. So <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm like, well, whatever. So, um, I only really recently like got my, you know, iPhone money like six months later or whatever, but she was, she was, I think she had like an iPhone eight. Anyway, her phone was tragic. It still had a home button. And, and our friend Ashley was appalled and texted me a photo of Allison's phone. And she was like, what is going on? We can't do this. And I was like, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix it. So I, I, I sold her mine for the same that um, that Apple would have given me for for trade in, um, which actually was still a really good deal for her. So and, and, it, and it made me feel better because I was like, oh, I can just you know give my give my friend a phone or whatever. Um, but I'm actually like for her, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, well, do I feel bad? You know, because the iPhone 13 or whatever they call it. Apparently, there's some drama over whether or not it'll be called 13 because unlucky number. But they have iOS 13, Mac OS 13. Like, I, yeah. I think it's fine. Whatever. Um, it will be funny if they're that superstitious. They won't call it that. I'm kind of here for that. But um, it, although it does make me, like, really, like, sad that we're probably going to be dead by the time iPhone 69 comes out. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. But um, hey, you know the other exciting thing that
2: happened today is that my financial advisor told me I can afford to live until I'm 96.
1: Nice. <laughs> nice. See reverse nice. That's really good. That's good. No, but I was thinking I was like, am I, you know, do I feel do I feel bad like giving this this beautiful barely used like iPhone to Allison? And I was like, no, this is still a really good phone and it's still going to be really long lasting. And I think that, that yours, I think you're in a similar position. So I think use it until you feel like either you can't anymore or more than likely next year if if these are the only big updates we're going to see, there's a, a bigger upgrade and then you're like, hey, I've had this phone paid off for a year so I've been able to save the money and, and, and either put it away or, or do something else with it and now I can you know, start my, my, my loan again, if that's what I want to do. So I, I, I don't think you're in a bad position at all. I think you're in a good one. Uh, like you, Bri- the ProRes format that does, that is appealing. Even though I say this and I probably wouldn't use it. Um, and I have, you know, um, a very nice Sony DSLR that, that can record, you know, for those things, but it would be nice to have that feature. I won't lie. So, We'll mm-hmm. see. I always say I'm not going to upgrade and then I do. So I'm I'm not even going to pretend like Let's it's not a foregone record. conclusion.
2: It, listeners, you as of today can place your bets. Uh, Christina and I are both saying we're not going to upgrade. Bree, what about you?
0: Uh, I, I will need to hear more. Um, okay. The, there's, there's nothing here that is particularly sexy to me, but you know, it's like it is every year. I I say, I'm not going to do it and they roll it out and all my friends are talking about it. And I'm like, oh. I was going
1: I, I to say online is bad for us. I was going to say, Simone, I don't even know if I'm going to go on record as saying I'm not going to do it. I'm okay. I'm going to say I'm considering not doing it, which for me is a lot, but look, I know myself too well. We all the audience knows me. Everybody knows like. It would be a very easy bet for everyone to win, so. All
2: right. So you you have my promise, which you can bet on, and you have Christina and Brianna's past recorded history, which you can use to (laughs) decide (laughs) what you think we'll all do come September 2021. Holy cow. We're less than half a year away from 2022. That's fine.
0: Oh. I'm sorry.
2: Hey, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by FastMail. FastMail is putting you first by prioritizing privacy and usability. (laughs) Unlike some other email services that can sell your information. FastMail keeps advertisers out of your inbox by putting you in control of your data so that you can focus on your workflow. (laughs) Knowing that your privacy is protected with a business model that leaves advertisers out. Fastmail works great with the built in mail, calendar, and contact apps on Mac OS and iOS, in addition to offering a great web client. The open source elements put you in control of your workflow with all of the tools to do things your way, so you can set up processing systems that eliminate unwanted mail and prioritize what's important automatically. For over 20 years fastmail has been keeping customer data private it is one of the longest operating and most trusted email services in the world to be part of the very best in email go directly to the source and try fastmail just go to fastmail.com slash rocket to get started today that is fastmail.com slash rocket for a free month and 10 percent discount off your first year that's pretty freaking great uh, that is, again, fastmail.com slash rocket for a free month and 10% discount off your first year. Uh, I know if you are like me, you use email every single day and uh, at least one day of your month should be devoted to going through all of the emails that you need to delete because they've just been piling up. So th- this sounds like a, a great tool to to improve that experience. Uh, our thanks to Fastmail for their support of this show and Relay FM.
0: Can I say one thing about them before yeah, we yeah, go? Yeah, we were gonna do a topic this week that got scraped last second. Uh, looking at the current privacy state of all the various Apple systems, including uh, iCloud Mail. And um, we'll we'll save this topic for another day. But I would just say maybe take a close look at that sponsor. If you like privacy, might be a good thing to do. Nice.
2: Well, hey, it's time for our dessert. And let's make this uh, a quick one because I am, once again, sweating. <laughs> it's that time of the year. I got an email, which I need to reply to, uh, asking if I want to be on on twit again which i do i do want to be on twit again i need to get back to them and say i actually can't be on the show until fall because mm-hmm. spending two hours locked in my room with the door closed in this no 100
1: i would 100%. be dead on camera um <laughs> and that's not what anyone's watching Twitter is for. anyone allowed into into box right now because you could go into the office uh i'm actually
2: going in tomorrow Excitingly enough, uh, for a shoot, we're having like a little work from office day. Our our office opening. This is not the dessert topic, but you asked. <laughs> our did. office opening has been uh, delayed till October because of the Delta variant. But if you are vaccinated, you're going to be like allowed to go in, um, mm-hmm. sort of unofficially. So, and I, and I'm thinking about starting to do that in. September, although it would, again, make sense to do it now because of my uh, impending sweat death. But
1: (laughs) yeah, I'm just always saying, like, I always I never did that dumbly when I was in New York. And I always did um, twit from, you know, Brooklyn. But um, I've done it from uh, from Microsoft a few times, even on Sundays. So Keep that yeah. in mind.
2: Yeah, that actually makes sense. Hey, our dessert today is a very long profile of the YouTuber Trisha Paytas that uh, Christina you dropped in chat. So Trisha has been having a heck of a year, actually. <laughs> so if you know them, you you might they've been around for a very very long time. Uh, they ever. started as yeah, literally actually since the internet was born. Um, <laughs> they started as a a very Controversial YouTuber, kind of saying saying offensive they're things for Let's attention. They're a troll. Yes, no, actually, no, they're that's, a, a, troll. that's no, 100%. a good way of putting
1: it. Yeah, and they admit it honestly. Yes, like 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 they they don't even pretend. I, I think that we've talked about Trisha before. I think back when some of the the Shane Dawson, uh, Tana Monjo, like James Charles, all that stuff happened. I think that we yeah. maybe mentioned per- peripherally, but I don't think we've ever done a deep dive on the troll that is. The uncancelable Trisha Paytas.
2: Yes, they are completely uncancelable because everything they do is a troll, and they are still a troll. Uh, and they've definitely done and said things that I don't find funny at all or amusing. But they are sort of having a moment right now, a, a kind of renaissance and a, a not a, tr- a complete turn away from trolldom, but a moment of kind of like finding themselves, and you know embodying happiness which is really interesting because they're a person who like famously has dealt with mental health problems very publicly online dealt with drug addiction very publicly online um been involved in drama right and left in the youtube community um, and there's been this profile from BuzzFeed, and then another one from Rebecca Jennings. I wish I think Rebecca wrote that for the Cut. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was gonna say it was for New York Mag. Yeah, for New York Mag. Yeah. Um, about about Trisha's life and uh, and the eight hundred
1: thousand dollars a month that they make. I, th- okay, this <laughs> was the thing that was most shocking to me. I was like, holy crap! I'm gonna they- scream. Uh, yeah, because, so I, I've been following Trisha for years, as I think most people who follow YouTube drama have, because they are, like, a key part of it, and they're uncancelable. And um, uh, one of your former colleagues, who you put me in touch with, Simone, we, we've had, like, many DMs about, like, Trisha's trolling and, like, their uncancelable nature and whatnot. And, and they've done a number of different things, you know, to make money. Not all of it is on AdSense, but selling merch, selling other stuff. They also have a very successful OnlyFans, yes. which apparently is now old content that they just resell to people, but, like, they make $800,000 a month, and...
2: (sighs) Wow. The the OnlyFans thing... Let's revisit that quickly. I need to revisit that. Okay, so they say in this piece they're still making maybe $150,000 from reposting old content on OnlyFans.
1: Ah, I mean... I mean, I I can't what even. What am I doing with my freaking like. life? The
0: scam. I appreciate I gonna the say, scam. Yeah. I
1: really appreciate the scam. Also, this the profile. This is what's so great about. It. So 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 Scashi Cole wrote this, and and Skashie is 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 great, and has written some really great profiles, um, and and done some really great feature writing for for BuzzFeed. But she did another profile, I guess, about um, two months ago about another. Famous for drama, person on on YouTube, the much less successful uh, Gabby Hanna, and and I don't, oh, I'm not even going to yes. get into Gabby's whole bag because I don't care. Um, she sucks, but whatever. And it, here's the thing about Trisha. I'm just going to say this: Trisha is is a troll and is problematic and has all these other things. And sometimes it's just like seems like like off their rocker completely. Like you're just like, what are you even doing? But they are so entertaining. Like, yep. I can't even be mad. Like, I've watched them for years because they are so entertaining. And, and I'm like, even when I'm mad at them, I'm like, you're ridiculous. You're, you're dumb. I'm like, but you're really compelling and entertaining. And you have a charisma that, frankly, a lot of other people on the platform just don't have. So I have to give them credit for that. But but, but Skashi wrote this profile of, of Gabby Hanna. And I guess she was working on the two profiles around the same time. And so she reached out to Trisha. After she'd already kind of done the visit to their house and and had written the bulk of the things and and asked for comments on Gabby Hanna because the two of them have drama and it is a, an integral part of the Gabby Hanna's current narrative is to talk about like the, the, the Trisha P- Paytas stuff and so so Trisha was like how dare you bring this person up to me I don't want to comment on it I don't want to have my name anywhere in this piece about about um uh, Gabby. Which is a ridiculous request. Like, you can say, I don't want to comment on it. Anything I told you off the record, I don't want to include it. Fine. But you can't say, you can't bring me up in this article you write about this other person when we have a history together and and it's valid for the narrative. Like, you as, like, the subject of a different story, even as a subject of the current story, you have no right to tell the journalist what they can or can't include. Especially, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, unless it was something that was strictly off the record, she didn't. but she didn't make a promise to her that she wouldn't include anything about Gabby. Well, the Gabby story comes out. There's like one line about Trisha, like one line, like it's almost nothing. And Trisha just like went off on Twitter (laughs) and like just called Scotchy all kinds of names and all kinds of other stuff. And then right before this came out, I guess like, like they went on like their, their new podcast, um, which, which they, uh, did since, uh, Frenemies, which, was a collab podcast which was great cuz it was a train wreck but that ended in spectacular train wreck fashion as of course we knew it would um and and just I'm just gonna read from the end of the article because this is just kind of stunning and and poor Skatchy because she had to like private her accounts and whatnot because the oh Trisha no. fans really came for her. I mean, oh. it was really terrible. It was I mean, it was awful. Like because because the Trisha fans, a lot of them are really young, and these people like young kids. This is what I was saying earlier about like Apple not understanding how the teens work. The teens are mean. The Zoomers are mean. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> they, they are. They are freaking mean. So she. um So she said uh, something, let me me find the quote. Um, Early Friday morning, they posted a new video to YouTube titled, in part, Enemies Number 3. In it, Paytas reads aloud uh, from my fact-checking emails and responds in real time. Quote, you conniving little snake rat face, they said, you disgusting little rat. You should not get to talk to another human being as long as you live. You are the -the bottom-of-the-barrel scum pig of the universe. It was, to put mildly, a a starkly different Paytas from the one I met in May. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: freaking weird to be a journalist <laughs> it is but also it's so freaking weird that like these youtubers that i've like i don't know about you guys but like i've like, watched these things in secret like an embarrassment and now like they're being covered by the mainstream media yeah yeah uh, and that's bizarre because i'm like whoa like 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 trish is entertaining and i'm i'm really happy in a sense that they are making so much money and they are you know like g- get that bag whatever but also it's bizarre yeah and and they really don't have to play by any existing social conventions oh no oh no because they've already done everything terrible like everybody's already come away with well yeah this is who they are like you know what you're getting i am speaking about youtubers actually
2: as a whole here like when it comes to interacting with with journalists um oh
1: okay yeah okay 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 that that i but, but I mean, also very specifically in her, this but, case, yes, because of Trisha Paytas' history, they don't have to. Okay, okay, yeah, I agree uh, in this specific case. I think I could disagree more generally, but sure. But yeah, but it's just fascinating to me that it's just like this person is just out of their mind on a lot of levels, incredibly entertaining. But then to send this to, to somebody who's doing what was going to be a glowing profile. Like right. if if Trisha hadn't done all this, you know, insane, like, just deranged stuff and called Scotch all these names and sent like their fans mm-hmm. after her and all of that. This would have been an incredibly glowing profile.
0: When they were coming out, you know, at first it was like, they come out and they say, I'm a trans man. And I'm watching this video and I'm like, there's no, like, you're not even using any terminology correctly here. You're, you're just, and then they end up deleting that video later and going, okay, I'm non-binary. And then you look into their past and they're like, you know, uh, they they have a previous video where they're like, my gender identity is, what was it? Chicken nugget, chicken nugget. or I'm something a chicken nugget, like that. Yeah. Right. And it's like, all along here, I, hand to God, I I don't know where they're coming from right i i i i I, in in their history is so freaking problematic that it's like i'm reading this and it's glowing and i want to believe that they're in a happier better place but i kind of just don't trust it at the same time does that make sense to you
1: it yeah that does
2: make sense
1: no i I, i feel the same way although i'm gonna be totally honest with you I I was there was a time like everything was going really well and everything was really mellow and like the Frenemies podcast was going really well and there wasn't any drama and I was like man like good for them but also this is kind of disappointing for me because i enjoy <laughs> the entertainment I'm not going to lie look I don't know this person I don't I I have nothing to be ashamed about Is there about. not they, they,
2: enough other terrible stuff happening on YouTube
1: for you Well no, because well, they're one of the most entertaining ones. So, and on, and honestly, if they're making eight hundred thousand dollars a month because they know that they can do this and they know that they can get away with this. So, I don't feel bad saying this in the slightest that I enjoy, I, I revel in in the drama. But, but I was kind of concerned. I was like, man, you know, we haven't seen any sort of like dramatic thing in a while. Like, I think the last time that anything had happened was when they officially um, broke rank with Shane Dawson and um, and his fiance and like uh, uh, dragged mm-hmm. them to filth, and everybody was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was good, good job. Um, but, but, but I, but I saw this, but I, I'm kind of with you, but I was kind of like, man, everything's like been so normal. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, nope, here we go. The frenemies break up. And now I was like going ever sketchy. Like there's always something like, I, I, I totally agree with you. Bree. I never know how to take it except that this is a person who I think clearly from their own admission has some, you know, mental health struggles and things like that. And I'm not making light of that at all. I'm just saying that's, They they clearly have monetized that, which,
0: okay. But that's another thing. You know, I've gone to rehab and I've, I've talked many times about my experience there. It was, it was, it was life-changing. And, you know, like I think about my friends that died in rehab and not, never got better. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen some of their videos about this subject and it's, it's, it, It's just not the right tone, if that makes sense. And I'm I'm like, am I talking to someone that's like stupid like a fox? Because that's the conclusion I've come to about them. Like they're just, there's a, there's a, it's like they they don't comprehend the gravity of anything that's going on in any one moment, but there's all this charisma there at the same time. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think
1: I, I think yeah. I don't know if it's not comprehended or if it doesn't care. Like, I think there's just an right. utter rejection of the social norms, which is very fascinating because most people who achieve this level of of fame and notoriety and money care to some degree about being liked, and if anything, it's kind of like. There he, people like this person. I think, in spite of you know, like I right. certainly do. I'm, I'm like there are all these things that are problematic and are bad, and like I don't think that I would want to be friends with Trisha Paytas. That's it. I will watch the hell of their content. <laughs> there, 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 there are times, especially when stuff can get really ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm taking a break for months. But then something will happen, at, you know, a few months later, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually interesting again. You, you, you pulled me back in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. Like, I'm not going to be like a every single like week watcher, but like, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll stay aware. I mean, it's, it's fascinating that that's why I wanted to bring this up because it's, it's utterly bizarre (laughs) and it's an utterly online thing. Like this is the sort of, this is the sort of like personality in person. Like they compared themselves to Andy Kaufman, which I think is ridiculous and and insulting to Andy Kaufman, frankly. But it is interesting to think that I, I, we don't have any other touchstone, anything else to compare this to. Like this is an utterly, like, I cannot think of another, like, celebrity, sort of famous person, anything that is that is like this, and it's that's why it's just utterly fascinating to me. I don't know. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Material
2: from Relay FM. If you like this show and you're like, wow, I wish anyone really ever talked more about Google and Android products. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the show you're looking for is material.
0: Oh, material is good. Material is fantastic. Material
2: is great. Uh, You can join their hosts who are veteran tech journalists with plenty to say about what's going on. Google's mission is to crawl the entirety of humanity's online and offline presence so that it can capture and organize all of the information in the world. Hosts Flo and Andy's mission is to keep crawling right behind it the whole way. Every week, they talk about the freshest developments in Google services, software, and research. They'll also cover the headlines to remind us all that the founder's famous mandate, don't be evil, is now part of the company's history and not part of the company's culture. So basically, yeah, we talk a Lot we, we talk a bit about Google on here and about Android, but not at the depth that people who devote as much time that we spend thinking about Apple products uh, do. So go check out this show. Uh, it is great. Get uh, Google's Journey with Annie and Flo at relay.fm slash material or search for material wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Christina, what are you doing this week?
1: Um, Well, first, I just want to say I didn't make this clear earlier when I was doing my, my rant on the Apple stuff look, I know a lot of really great people work at Apple. And I just want to be clear that like my condemnation of this particular policies and the things I like to see change has no bearing whatsoever on the people who work there and who I know aren't involved in all those decisions and sometimes might be working on some of those things, but it's still not not their purview. Uh, my, my, my critique strictly goes to management. So I just want to start with that. I know the people who work there work really hard and, and I don't hold them responsible. So I want to say that as for what I'm doing this week, it is hot. I know you're hot, Simone. I am, like, literally sweating. Like, it's disgusting. Yep, I can't wait hot. to
2: end this podcast and go into the air conditioning. Carry on. <laughs>
1: so that's basically what I'm doing this week. I'm, like, looking to get out of the heat. That's that's it. <sighs> Brianna, what about you?
0: I, I want to tell y'all what I'm doing this week, but I'm I know I'm going to be judged for it. <laughs> I
1: mean, we always judge you, but we do it with love.
0: All right, all right. So where's easier for y'all to see messages? I'm dropping this in Skype.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: I bought another Porsche. Oh, my God. It isn't. (laughs) It is in Tennessee, Uh, so I'm flying down there on Sunday, and I am going to uh, take this, and I am going to uh, drive Frank over to Old Miss. I'm going to stop and see our illustrious uh, Presidente de uh, uh, Relay, uh, Stephen, uh, along the way, and then we're going to have a, a road trip back to Boston. Now, in my defense, the reason I bought this Porsche is it is so undervalued. And the reason it went for this little money is there is a thing in it, an IMS issue that I know how to take apart and fix. Ah. And I'm going to take it back here. I'm going to drive it for a few months and now I'm going to sell it and make like $10,000 on the deal. So that is why I have another Porsche.
1: It is a sleek little car. I'm looking at it
0: right now. It looks like a little,
2: a
1: little bug a little black That's it's fun. very it's fun. very pretty it's very pretty and it, it it's um, it's in Tennessee so it's not that far from the US headquarters which of course are in Atlanta Look um, at Christina and I trying to describe a car. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, I, I know nothing about this. I, I'm going I'm to say, it, you know, Grant is from Tennessee and he's a huge Porsche fan. So he'll be doubly like jealous. But uh, no, congrats. And and uh, good luck on uh, the uh, restoration and, and, and flip. Oh, wait, oh, we're they, supposed to be they judging could. you. Oh, but we can't because you justified it really well. I mean, I'm going to judge you, but like, I don't care.
0: Hold me to it. Make me sell. If I don't sell this, I'm going to sell my Cayman, whichever yeah, one. Yeah, no, I you like had No, okay. Yeah. I,
1: I will hold you to that because it's ridiculous. Okay. You don't need three cars. Like,
0: well, uh, this is your fourth. This well, is I know, fourth. But, but this okay. is what I'm saying.
1: You don't need, well, okay, you don't need three, but you certainly don't need four. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like me in shoes. I mean, look, I'm one to talk, but I don't, the things I buy typically don't cost this much money, but I'm like, yeah. I like this with shoes and, and but
0: laptops. But they've and- also all appreciated this year. Like my Boxster is worth $10,000 more than I paid for it. Wow. Uh, you know, like the, my, my nine eleven certainly it's worth about 15 more Your than car I paid for wealthy. it. wealthy. So, you know, there it is.
2: Nice. Uh, I am just doing some work. Uh, I have a video hopefully coming out maybe next week, I think that I'm very excited about that I've been working on for a little bit. And I'm I've been, I've been spending a lot of time reading about very old games. Oh. And it's real like games from the friggin' 80s and it's really exciting to learn That's about. That's
0: not very old. That's not very old.
2: Well, considering that, that just... games <laughs> only go back to like what the 60s at most. Fair, 70s. Fair. Yeah. 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 They're they're
0: they're old. <laughs> They, they don't feel old to me, but I get the point. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> um, but it's it's been really interesting to read about. And I'm excited to make more videos about that, those uh, topics, because I feel like, you know, it's it's there's so much that I don't know. And it's really exciting to learn about and then tell other people who are <sighs> my age or younger, who have just never heard about certain things. So it's fun.
0: I would love to see a Polygon show This just Simone sits down and you've never played an NES game before, like this particular NES game, and like, bam, Battletoads. And just watching you react to that, that that is a multi-million view video right there.
2: The stuff that I, oh my God, the games that I've been playing, like text-only adventures are, or not text-only, they have images, but they're, you know, um, text-controlled adventures. Got it yeah mm-hmm. got it oh that stuff
1: is difficult those text parsers are they picky. are a lot all the games are more difficult like you don't have as much responsive stuff like there's not memories they're not saves like it's hard man Yeah, like, there's
2: not a lot of feedback to tell you what you're doing wrong or if you're doing anything wrong i've noticed
1: yeah we've learned so much hey uh christina where can we find you online uh you can find me online on at film underscore girl on the twitters and the instagrams. Remember to follow me on Instagram because if I get to ten thousand followers, I'll find a way to wear a, a Clippy costume. Also, and I meant to mention this earlier, we're, we're rebranding my uh, my my um, weekly news show, and I want oh. feedback on the episode title. So Ooh. give me your feedback on Twitter um, or Instagram if you wanted to do it that way. My options that we're considering are Icymi with Christina Warren or the Download with Christina Warren. So.
0: We know your the thoughts. Download, the download. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. my feedback. So
1: uh, I, I will add that to the list. I think I see why I got barely more in the Twitter poll but they're really, e- they're really even. So in either case, once uh, your feedback there, film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams and you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And Brianna, what about
0: you? Uh, you can see me on Twitter at uh, Brianna Wu. And you can find me
2: On Twitter at DoomQuasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I hope it's a five-star one. Thank you to everyone who does that. This episode of Rocket is terminated.
0: Terminated.
1: Terminated.